WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Oh, let me hear ya, let me hear ya. Put your hands together like this. And welcome to the Pastor Study. Here, this is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Pastor Kevin Swad live in studio with you on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Pastor Ray Johnson in studio with us also. And we have Miss Laura working the phones. We hope everybody had a wonderful thanks, excuse me, wonderful Independence Day. I'm thanking God for all the food. Maybe that's why I got so confused there. <laughs> Everybody's cookout, burnt hot dogs and, and hamburgers and the like. But uh, Pastor Ray, uh, how you doing today, man? Look, look like you. It seems like you had a good time over the weekend, man. Had a had a blessed time. How many cookouts did you hit, <laughs> brother? When, they, when when somebody tells you that they're fat and heavy, that's your boy today. Because I did as many cookouts as I could do. My brother-in-law cooked for me. Uh, one of my members cooked, and then I. Had my wife go to one yesterday and bring some food back. And so I'm I'm real good right about now, but the treadmill is calling me. I don't know how soon I'm going to get there, but it's calling me. You can walk around the block, too. That can call you, too, man. You know, you got to hit the treadmill. Just just exercise. But we, we thank God for you listening to the broadcast today. If you're tuning in for the first time, we're, we're a show that just kind of sits and talks about relevant issues that affect our churches and our community. Normally, it's three of us. Uh, myself, Pastor Ray Johnson, Pastor John Young. Pastor Young is actually out of town in Houston, Texas, his hometown. He'll be back in later today, so we're praying safe traveling mercies uh, for him when he when he gets back here. But um, we like to also bring in guests to kind of talk about uh, things that are important in our community. Jerry Good, our certified fitness trainer, he comes on all the time. And uh, we also have one other person that's with us. And uh, he is a dynamic person in the financial services industry, been in it for a number of years, has set awards and standards in working with individuals, with groups, with churches. Uh, he is my own uh, personal financial advisor, does a great job of helping to, to make monies work for you. And so you helping you to understand exactly where everything is going. And so uh, on the line, we have with us uh, Ken Royster, who is uh, with uh, Genesis, First Genesis of Virginia out of Norfolk. Uh, Ken, how are you doing today? Fantastic. 
And, and I, too, am fat and happy. You fat and happy, too? Yes, sir. <laughs> so that must mean you had a good weekend. We, and we thank you for... Uh, coming on the show today ken and and uh we don't have a lot of time we want to jump right in we want to get as much knowledge from you as we can when you come on the show and uh the topic that you selected today was was maneuvering through the credit maze and and just kind of understanding how credit works and and there are a lot of changes that are going on in the industry that perhaps people are not aware of the government is passing or attempting to pass certain legislation as it regards credit, can you kind of give us an overview of all of that and help us to understand what's going on in layman's terms? Well, the, the big thing is is that, you know, the consumer's going to be getting some relief from some of the pressures on credit cards as it relates to uh, paying back money after they, um, uh, if they're late on their payments or if they take a teaser rate and uh, when that teaser rate is over with, uh, how uh, the credit card companies are, are adjusting the rates uh, going forward. The big deal is that, you know, once you make a purchase at a particular rate, even if they raise your rates for future purchases, they can't raise the rate on the past purchases, which is a big deal. Uh, the other thing is uh, on late fees. The late fee can't be more uh, than the interest charged. Uh, example, if you have a $25 balance on a credit card and you forget to pay it, some credit card companies were charging people $40 <laughs> for missing a $25 payment. And they're saying they can't do that anymore. Okay? Whatever the interest charge would have been, whichever is greater, uh, uh, whichever is least is the one they have to pay. So they won't have to be worrying about those type of things happening. Uh, but the big thing is, as I said, is the rate. The fact that you might get an adjusted rate on your credit because your credit score got uh, 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 worse since the last statement, you don't have to worry about your previous balance being charged a higher rate versus your future purchase purchases being charged a higher rate. So those those things are beneficial. But the big thing I want to talk about is the fact that people who are getting behind in their credit or having trouble managing their credit, finding the need to to get help from um, outside sources to try to manage their credit and being willing to pay for it. That's one of the, the biggest things that we find that people are doing that they should not be doing. There's consumer credit counseling organizations that are not-for-profit who will do that service for you for free. They will have you come in, sit down with them, go over their credit, uh, go over your credit with, uh, with them, and they will work with you uh, in terms of working out a, a payment arrangement with, with your creditors. Uh, uh, and they don't charge anything. Uh, this, no, this, this, this notion that you can pay somebody to repair your credit is, is, is absurd. Uh, the truth is only you can repair your credit by paying your bills on time, okay, uh, and managing your debt properly. That's how you repair credit because the agencies who rate credit uh, are not beholden to any, uh, anyone else. All they are uh, beholden to is the scoring based on your your profile. So, Ken, help us to understand then, you know, so there, there are all these commercials that you see on TV or maybe uh, on the radio you hear of all of these commercials if you are $10,000 in credit card debt or if you have so much money uh, that you have in credit card debt, you can call this number and the company will work with your creditors uh, to reduce uh, the interest rate or reduce the amount that you owe altogether. Uh, so kind of help us to explain. Are these things legitimate? Uh, those things are, are legitimate. Um, what you have to be careful for is that those are part of the stimulus package uh, programs. You know, the, the country is trying to save some of the taxpayers, but anytime you have to pay 
for that service, okay? That's when you need to be wary. Uh, if someone will do that service and provide that service, they should be getting a fee from the government uh, for doing that as part of the stimulus package, but they shouldn't be charging you for that package. So in other words, if, if the company says, yes, we can manage your credit, we'll reduce your, your what you owe, we'll reduce your interest rate if you pay us, if you come into our program and you pay, say, $20 a month for our services, then you're saying that that's not the company that people need to, to work with. I'm not saying that $20 a month would be unreasonable. <laughs> I'm saying if somebody told you that you had to pay them $1,500 or $2,000 with the promise of eradicating your debt, that's the ones that you got to be careful on. Uh, a fee for service like $20 to eradicate a $20,000 debt would be fair. So, so Ken, when, when someone uses companies like these, and let's say they are legitimate, they go to these companies, reduce the amount that you owe, does that have an adverse effect on your credit rating or your credit score? Absolutely, it's going to have an adverse effect on your credit rating. I mean, you're going to have a charge-off. Anytime you have a charge-off on your credit, it's going to be a negative. So obviously that impacts your ability to, to borrow money in the future, and if so, you're borrowing at a higher percentage rate is what you're saying. Well, let me just put it this way, uh, Pastor Swan. If you're in that situation right now and someone's helping you uh, eradicate your debt, the last thing you should be thinking about is recreate more. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. So, so that issue becomes a mute point. What you're trying to do is get it from under the pressure of the current payment circumstances, not trying to reposition yourself so you can get more credit to recreate the same problem all over again. Okay. So in, in layman's terms, let's say someone is out there listening, they're driving, whatever the case might be, they're struggling, lots of bills, can't seem to find a way to, to break e or, or to get ahead, you know, just right. seems like, you know, what what basic things should they do? You're saying that credit counseling is available for free. Um, right. Where are those pers those companies? How, well, how do Consumer Credit Counseling is a, is a United Way agency. So you can, they're, they're everywhere. Um, you know, you can go online and just type in Google Consumer Credit Counseling, okay, and, and that information will come up. So I, I would say that... Uh, you know, getting access to that kind of information is not hard. Contact the United Way. Uh, they will be able to help you with that kind of thing. Those organizations work directly with most of the major lenders uh, because what they want to do is set up a payment plan where the person is paying something versus nothing, okay? Uh, and uh, because the, the, the entities, they don't win when you're not paying anything. So they want you to pay something. They want to make it so that you can get on a program, get yourself uh, right it with them. Now, you know, the, the ultimate is always bankruptcy. And we see that bankruptcy filings are at an all-time high. And that's the absolute way to eradicate uh, credit, bad credit, is by filing bankruptcy when you can't pay. Well, okay, so again, for people who may not be familiar with, with bankruptcy, in a nutshell, uh, can you kind of give us a summary? What does What is that? And, and again, how does that impact credit rating? All again, those kinds of negatively things? impacts credit. But it, it gets a person from underneath of the pressure of debts that they can't afford to pay. That's why those laws were, were passed in the first place, is that people overextend themselves. And creditors are lending credit, and sometimes in a predatory manner, and they hurt people. And uh, there's no need in, 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 in quote, uh, driving someone into the ground when you already got them down. And so 
laws are out here that are written to says, hey, if you're in over your head, someone ex- overextended you credit, you can't pay them. You can file bankruptcy, and you can select, you know, who you want to bankrupt, how you want to bankrupt them based on the assets that you have. And, uh, again, an attorney is better suited to, to speak to the issues of, of, of exactly how you, do, you, you formulate a, a bankruptcy, but the law is there. Okay, so for, in your opinion, then, only as a last case scenario should someone ever consider bankruptcy and the first option should be call the consumer credit counseling association because they're free they offer the service work with them first and then if that doesn't work out then go to bankruptcy right and they will they will advise that person whether or not it can be worked out as well and so the 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 consumer credit will tell you whether or not bankruptcy is in your best interest that's correct because you're going to pay an attorney to, to file a bankruptcy so the additional fees that are associated with that also? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's a legal fee to, to file a bankruptcy. Okay, so... And so, you know, you got time and money involved with going through a bankruptcy proceeding. Now, now Ken, you work with individuals like this. You, you see all kinds of, of clients that have all kinds of financial situations. When they come to your office and they sit down with you, kind of take us through what you do to help families to, to get back on track. Well... In most cases, uh, uh, Kevin, um, when, when someone uh, contacts me about something like this, uh, the first thing I, I want to do is take an inventory of, of their assets and their liabilities, uh, and I also want to take a look at their cash flow. I have found in more cases than not where people thought they were in trouble, they really were not in trouble. They just really didn't know how to manage. And so once you show a person how to manage based on their budget and assets or what we call repositioning some of their assets, they find that, hey, you know what, my situation wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I just didn't know what to do. So knowledge becomes power in that circumstance. Uh, There'll be a few cases from time to time where the person is so far uh, underwater that we cannot reposition anything to help them, particularly after somebody's lost a job and been out of work for, you know, six months or a year and didn't have much in savings in the first place, those cases become more difficult to manage than the other. Okay. And so I, and I can speak to the listening audience about, you know, what you're saying about repositioning. As I said, you know, you work with us, my wife and I, and you've helped us, not that we were in bankruptcy or close to that, but even still you helped us to kind of rearrange some things and put some things in different places to make our money work better for us. And so you're willing to do that also for some in the listening audience today, at least have an initial consultation in some form yeah. w- with those who are listening. Why don't you tell us about the offer today? But the offer today is, is if you give me a call, my number is 627-6603. Uh, we'd be happy to talk to you for 15, 20 minutes on the phone to find out what your, your circumstance is. If it warrants a, uh, an appointment, we'll go ahead and schedule you an appointment. If it doesn't, we'll refer you to the proper uh place where you can get some help or we'll just tell you what you need to do okay so once again this is ken royster uh, first genesis of virginia uh based in norfolk downtown norfolk 627-6603 a no obligation 15 minute consultation with him or with someone on his staff to to get a an assessment of your financial situation to then determine what would be your next steps whether you go to the consumer credit counseling route, whether you might consider bankruptcy, or maybe working with Ken uh, to establish a better plan to work through your finances. Is that what you're offering today, Ken? That's exactly correct. And I'd like to go a step further, Kevin, and that is, is even if you're not in that circumstance and you just don't know what direction you're heading in, pick up the phone and give us a call. 
You know, I, I, you don't want to be going through your life kind of rudderless as it relates to your financial health. We want you to do well uh, with your money. We want you to do well uh, with positioning yourself for retirement, sending your kids to college, uh, uh, those type of things. Absolutely. And again, you don't have to be in a, in a difficult financial situation. Ken will, will accept anybody that calls, regardless of where you are financially, to help you to improve. Uh, as you already said, Ken, retirement, uh, you know, for people who may not consider that is, is a real issue. The cost of college tuition is, is a real issue. And so, again, you can help with all of that. But again, for those who might be in a difficult situation, you're, you're listening uh, credit card, you're at the max, you, you just can't seem to catch a break. Interest rates are, are high on your credit cards. You know, all those things, Ken can be able to help you, 627-6603, and he'll point you in the right direction. Uh, Ken, we're almost out of time, man. You know, time flies when you come on the air and, and you share good information. We'll give you an opportunity to offer any last comments uh, before we uh, go to break. Well, I, I would just say that, you know, um, there's, there's two major issues out here as it relates to employment and to managing assets. You know, if you have a job, uh, God bless you, and I hope that you are able to stay on it and, and do well while you're there. On the second side of that is that if you have your assets, please make sure you're taking care of your money well. Uh, we're in tumultuous times, and uh, you want to be a good steward of that which uh, you've been blessed to have. Absolutely right. And, and Ken, for the record, you, you know, you're not just looking you, anybody that calls, young people as well, Maybe people who are just starting out, maybe folks who are just graduating. You would not exclude those either, will you? No, no. And, and here's what's important, Kevin, is the fact that a person is open to receive. Uh, too often uh, I'll get a call and someone's telling me already everything about finances. And I'm wondering why they're calling me. Right. Okay? If they already know and they're rebutting all my uh, suggestions or recommendations. You know, if, if you already know it, you don't need to call. But if you don't know it, you should be open to receive. Absolutely. We have one of our interns in the, in the studio, Miss Laura. She's going to call you. She's a senior here at Hampton. And we're pointing to her right now because we understand that the best time to learn about money really is before you get some. Well, uh, you might re recall, Kevin, I told you that uh, years ago I used to do a, uh, a financial management class for the, the graduating students from the pharmacy school. Matter of fact, I did one recently for the most recent uh, graduating class. And so... Um, uh, students learn quickly. Yes. They learn quickly, and we have some major success stories uh, coming out of Hampton where some of those students were coming out with uh, eighty dollars and $100,000 of student loans, and within five years we had them debt-free in, in the home ownership. Absolutely. So once again, Ken Royster, uh, First Genesis of Virginia, and he's based out of Norfolk. I, I am inviting him to come on because, again, I want to give the listening audience the very best I only bring on the on the show people that I personally use and recommend. He is a part of. Uh, he is my financial advisor. Has done a great job of helping my family to reposition things to make sure that we're meeting goals. And so, if he can do it for me, he can do the same for you. He's willing to help you with those who might be struggling. Whatever case you're in right now, uh, fifteen minute consultation six two seven six six zero three. For those who are in ministry in clergy, I especially want you to give him a call. Because he, he definitely uh, works with and has a clergy compensation package that can help you to work with uh, churches, your church, and, and devising a package that will be suitable and beneficial for you and for the church. 
He's done that for me as well. So, again, 627-6603, give him a call. Ken, we're out of time, man. We thank you for coming on. We'll, we'll have you on, I think, another time in the month. We can talk about some other issues. But thanks for, for tuning in today. No problem. Thank you. All right. That's Ken Royster, uh, First Genesis of Virginia, based out of Norfolk. And, uh, once again, give him a call, 627-6603. And at this point, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to pick up our conversation of where we left off on last week talking about how many uh, Christians, millions of people who claim to be Christians in our country who are unchurched, not going anywhere, sitting at home on Sunday morning. Bedside Baptist, right? We want to find out what's the problem and how can we work on a solution that will bring people back to church so that the kingdom can be more effective here on the earth. Hope you're enjoying the show. This is the essence of HU 88.1 WHOV. Listen, Eden is kingdom. An Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? And welcome back to the Pastor Study. Here on the Essence of HU, 88.1 WHOV, Pastor Ray Johnson, Miss Laura working the phones. We're in studio today. If you're just tuning in, you missed a good conversation. We had Ken Royster. Of First Genesis of Virginia, Division of MetLife, talking about consumer credit counseling and bankruptcy and what options are available for people who find themselves in a very difficult situation. Uh, the credit cards are maxed out. You got high interest rates on your cards. You see all of these commercials on, on television and you hear them on the radio about, you know, call and we can work for you. And he offered some real good advice. He's willing to offer and sit down with you or at least have a conversation with you either on phone or in person. 627-6603 willing to do that for you free of charge no obligation and you can call and just tell them uh, you heard about it on the pastor study but uh, we were talking about this off the air pastor johnson and maybe at some point soon we need to do this show is that you know a lot of times this is the first real time in the history of our country that african americans have made this kind of money and you know whereas before you know we didn't have access to this kind of money and now that we do uh, I'm not sure if we are using it properly. And, and that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day. But just touch on that real quick before we jump into our, our topic for today. It is critically important to all parents. Please listen to me. Parents, pl- make sure that you train your children. The scripture says train a child when he is young on the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart. As we're in the time now where African-Americans are making really sizable and decent amount of income. Make sure that you teach your children about the value of money and teach young people about delayed gratification and so that you understand stocks, bonds, investments, yield, T-bills, those sorts of things, even how to open and close a checking account, how to save, how to budget. That is critically important for every young person to understand and to know so that when they do get old, uh, they can now begin to reap the benefits of the time that they have sold into saving and investing and teach them the value of money, that money grows over time um, and that there are no quick fixes and that you've got to have delayed gratification, meaning that you've got to invest in things that appreciate over time, increase in value rather than depreciate, decrease in value over time. So it's critically important that we train young people, teach them about the value of money and resources. And I just said this Sunday, 
Pastor Swan, I named off several different companies and large multinational conglomerates. And I said, this is only the name of somebody's family that started this entity. And so that we could pass something down to the next generation that is in a corporate entity name so that your children have the opportunity to grow up and they don't have to work twice as hard to get half as far. We are now in that day where we can begin to do that as African-Americans. And that's going to be a show coming up very soon, maybe next week, (laughs) about, you know, how we should be thinking now that God has allowed us to have access to, to resources and, and, you know, the sad part is, and we're going to get to the show, but the sad part is the previous generations, you look at my parents and your parents and my grandparents, they had much less. They mm. earned much less, mm. but they made sure the kids went to school. They made sure bills were paid. They lived a much simpler life. And it seems that even though now we have more money, we got more problems, mm. we, we can't relate. Still it's interesting right. how, you know, again, just a generation ago in the 60s, you know, people didn't make as much money, but two-parent household was more prevalent. It, it just has changed, and money and job and career has, has played a part in that. So we're going to talk about that probably in the, maybe next week, maybe week after, something like that. But you got something going on, man, that you want to let us know about for, for young adults and young and youth. Uh, you got a big, big event coming up. We want to let the listening audience know about this because the, you got some star-studded people coming in for, for this particular occasion. You know, one of the things that I always tell my local congregation is that before I was a senior pastor, I was a youth pastor. I served several years, uh, almost 10 to 12 years as a youth pastor before I ever ventured into uh, senior pastoral ministry. And I love young people, want to invest in them, give them time. You know, we hear that phrase that says the children are our future. I don't necessarily believe in it that way. I believe that children are the future of today and that Jesus said these words that a child would lead them. And so it, it behooves us, that's my big word for today, the first one, uh, that for us to make sure that we invest in young people and invest in their minds. And so on July the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, our Young Adult and Teen Conference this year, we do something called Chosen every year uh, and helping young people understand that they are chosen by God. Uh, and so this year, our theme is going to be on Youth Ablaze, Passion and Power for Living. We are starting on Friday night, the 23rd of July. We're having Cece Michaela come in town. Now, many of you may not recognize her name that way, but she is from the uh, former uh, hit TV show Girlfriends, and her character was Yvonne uh, that was in a love relationship with William. Uh, she's been saved, loving the Lord over the last 10 years, has a national ministry towards singles and young people, and particularly females. Uh, but she has a word for young men, too. So she's going to be our Friday night preacher on Friday night. And, of course, we have local guests, artists, uh, Karen Poole, who does very well. And also Simo will be with us on that Friday night. Then Saturday, I'm particularly excited because we've got several workshops for young people. And C.C. Michaela will stay along with us as well. Uh, Dr. Uh, Antipas Harris will be leading workshops for young people. Um, C.C. Michaela, myself, Pastor James Taylor. Uh, a few others will be leading. And then that night, Pastor uh, Tim Ross, a good friend of mine from the Potter's House in Dallas, Texas, will be with us. And I, this is what I told the church Sunday. I said, listen, if T.D. If Jakes is going to let Tim Ross be gone for a whole weekend, y'all better not stay home. 
uh, because he's one of the only preachers that preaches when Jakes is out of town. He's now very good friends. He's going to preach Saturday night, the 24th, at 6 p.m., and then again on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. He'll be our morning preacher as well. And so we're going to have a great time. And that night, of course, Calvary Revival Church, Norfolk's uh, Youth and Young Adult Choir, Judah will be with us on that Saturday night. And also Phoenix will be leading worship. So this is going to be a power-packed time to ignite the passion and flame in the lives of young people for impact. And uh, we're looking forward to a great time. You can log on to our website at crcpeninsula.org. Again, that's crcpeninsula.org. Org. Just click on the flyer there that's in the flash file, and that'll take you to the website for Chosen for this year. And what I'm doing differently, Pastor Swan, is I change the focus from just youth, you know, 12, 13, and 14, to include teens, 16 to 19, and then young adults, 20 to 30. And so there'll be a special singles uh, luncheon that will happen and take place with C.C. Michaela. And then she's got some workshops for women after church on that Sunday, the 25th. So, again, it's going to be a lot of fun. I encourage you to make sure that you're there. You're there. The luncheon is just $6. I don't know where you can eat a good meal for $6 at, but uh, the conference is free. Uh, the luncheon is $6 on Saturday at 12 noon with Cece, but she will be with us the whole weekend. Tim will be with us the whole weekend, and the artist will be with us the whole weekend. You do not want to miss it. So, again, the web address is www.crcpeninsula.org. Uh, click on registration for events or click on the action, actual uh, chosen flyer, or you can call us at 757-245-1747. 757-245-1747 or email us at events at crcpeninsula.org. And again, we are encouraging all of the youth ministry groups to come on out and show your participation. I think it's going to be a worthwhile endeavor. I know some of the folks from Ivy have already been notified and, and hopefully we can get some from our church to uh, come out and support that. It seems like it's going to be an exciting weekend for you. We'll be praying for it. And, and having said that, that's kind of a good segue into uh, our topic for today. If you didn't happen to listen to last week's show, uh, you can. You can go on the website, kevinswan.org, and listen to it in its entirety. But we talked about last week, there was an article that came out uh, by George Barner. George Barner is considered to be one of the leading uh, researchers in the field of, of church and church research history, all that kind of thing. And he came out and said that um, in his latest study, that the data of which he received indicates that 28% of the adult population has not attended any church activity, including any worship service in the past six months. And that translates to nearly 65 million people, adults now, when their children who are under the age of 18 who live with them are added to that number, the number now estimates to be more than 100 million people who are in our country who have not been to church or any worship experience in the past six months. On the flip side of that, still today, even though there's a growing uh, freedom of religion movement, still today, it, the, the country still largely defines itself as Christian. And 83% of all adults label themselves as Christian. Now, whether they're saved or, you know, that's a whole nother question. But the reality is you have 83% of the country who say that they are Christian, but yet 100 million people have not been to church in the past six months. Now, Pastor Ray, when you hear that, uh, again, just, just give me your thoughts on those numbers alone. I am really astonished. Um, 100 million people uh, in the United States where we say, uh, you know, my country, it is of the sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. 
land where my fathers died, land where the pilgrim cried, uh, from every countryside, let freedom ring. And when we start to talk about the founding of our constitutional documents and in regards to our pledge allegiance to the flag and all of that, and then and God we trust and all of that, and then 100 million people are not attending Sunday or Saturday worship somewhere in some church service in someone's local church, it, it really says, you know, as believers, as Christians, we're not fulfilling the Great Commission. We're not going out into all the world and preaching the gospel and compelling them to come. Um, then on the other side, it gets really problematic because now you've got, well, we've got to deal with and answer the question, how do we do church? And is there a formula for church? Uh, and that sort of thing. And so that could be contributing to why we have so many persons who label themselves as Christians but are not participating in a local church context when the body of Christ is to spread through the local church. So it gets really problematic, Pastor Swan. I mean, really. It does. And and we want to open up the phone lines now. We're going to continue with this conversation, 727-5711. I'd be interested to have someone to call who labels themselves as, as a Christian but chooses not to attend because we also know that in our country, Christianity as a whole is on a decline. And so, you know, less people are going to church, uh, but still the majority of the country label themselves as Christians. So are we seeing a a movement, Pastor Johnson, perhaps that maybe we're not prepared for where now the, the next generation or this present generation says that it may be better for me to to worship God on my own as opposed to in a context of a fellowship. Is that something? And if so, how do we as pastors and, and church leaders begin to wrap our minds around the fact that you have lots of people? And for those who are pastoring, now you understand summer months, people tend to, you know, scatter do their own thing. You might see them again in September. How do you <laughs> how, how do you wrap your mind around the fact that many more people are saying, I would rather worship at home and be connected to God, develop my relationship with God as opposed to coming to church? Well, you know, the book of Acts does uh, begin to expand. They didn't expand in edifices or, or church buildings. They expanded in home fellowships, uh, house to house, as the book of Acts will record. Now, mind you, the scripture also says, do not forsake yourselves um, among the, the multitude of counsel or do not forsake yourselves in coming together in terms of fellowship, koinonia. So now we are to come together for the instruction of the word of God, but we've got to, I don't want to say redefine, but we've got to get back to a biblical definition, if you will, of what church is. And, that, and I say it this way in paraphrasing, it is God's institution of higher learning. And so when you really understand that church is not about semantics, it's not about uh, people having ego strokes, it's not about an opportunity for uh, certain segments of society to feel like they have a place in the world and, and to be somebody. But church is the place where we have the opportunity to experience the divine here on earth and hear a word from the Lord so that I can live better on Monday. With that understanding, I believe that we'll see a greater increase in church attendance and not so many church antics that people have been familiar with over the years. And so as pastors, we've got to get really, really get back to basics in terms of feeding people and helping them live better day by day. You're absolutely right. But there, there is a reason, and we haven't shared it yet, and the article does suggest that there is a reason why people are not coming to church and, and avoiding church and rather would say, I would rather worship at home. Because the article does point out that based on the studies of those who avoid Christian churches, one of the driving forces behind such behavior is the painful experiences endured within the local church context. In fact, 
The Barna study among unchurched adults show that nearly four out of every 10 non-church-going Americans, that's 37%, said they avoid church because of the negative past experience with church or with church people. Now, you don't have negative church folk in, in your congregation, do you, Pastor Johnson? <laughs> do you have I mean, you got all the people in your church. like, ah, they come, they, <laughs> they love the Lord. That, that's all they want to do is worship. They don't want to talk about nobody, do they? They, they don't want to downplay nobody, look down on folks. You don't have folks like that in your church, do you, Pastor Johnson? We don't have that. We, we try not to have that at CRCP. We try to love everybody, and we try to lift everybody up, and we try to do what the Bible say, Doc, that if you lift Jesus up, he'll draw all men unto himself. <laughs> But but in all in all seriousness, this is a I mean this is a painful statistic. You have a hundred million people on the sideline, basically because they're saying I don't want to go back because I'm tired of the antics. I'm tired of being hurt. I don't want to deal with that. I can I can be hurt out in the world. Why do I have to come in fellowship and be hurt? How, how do what what do we do? How do we respond to that? You know when you and I, and I and I hate to point out certain, but when you have certain priests abusing privileges with with young boys and girls when you have monies that are uh, not being taken care of properly when you have and you look across the landscape you know all kinds of experiences in the church that are negative certainly we're not perfect people but but how do we address this how, how do we get and we and again we want some folks to call in 727-5711 are you not going to church now because of a painful experience that happened uh, and you just said, you know what, this is it for me. I, I would rather just worship God. Are you part of that 100 million? We want to hear from you to get a better sense of whether or not this study is 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 being truthful or is this being over-exaggerated. But, but how do we deal with the folks who we tell them to come back, but they've been so hurt that they find it difficult to come back? Well, I, I, number one, I mean, there's just so many, so many places I want to go on that question. But number one, uh, there are no perfect churches. And uh, if you find one, don't join it because you're not perfect and you will then cause that church from being perfect. So that's number one. Number two, uh, understand, have, a, have a proper outlook on life in general and people. Understanding that people are people, they are human beings, that the pastor is a human being, the elders, the deacons, the trustees, everybody uh, is subject and prone to, el to failure. Um, and, and understanding that you come to church with a right mindset, that you are coming so that you can receive something. And not everybody in church uh, has it all together. That's why we're there. So you're going to experience some hurt, some pain, and a little bit of misery every now and then. Um, the third thing I, I want to say to you is, is from Matthew uh, 18 and 15, make sure uh, that if you offend it with your brother or sister, you go to them, you reason with them, you try to work it out with them. And if they don't receive you, then go and grab two and three witnesses and come back with them. Oftentimes we don't do things in a biblical way. And then whatever happened to forgiveness and releasing and letting it go? And that is is for your benefit more than the other person, because a lot of, I, I would dare say probably, you know, this is a Ray Johnson statistic. I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't research this, but probably 50 percent of that 100 million is, is experiencing or staying out of church from a hurt that they experienced from somebody else when that person may not even know that they hurt them. And they have moved on with the rest of their lives, but they're holding on to that hurt and staying out of the fellowship uh, from among the saints. And so you've got to turn it loose and let it go. That's a message I preach. Learn how to turn it loose and let it go. And, you know, to that to that point, one of the things we talked about last week was sometimes being a pastor, as you know, 
we we can intentionally or unintentionally hurt people. And, you know, it's, it's difficult when people just drop off the face of the scene and they stop coming. And when you talk to them, they say, well, you know, you did such and such and you literally had no idea that, that that's what happened. Um, but my question to that is, do you think that membership has certain unrealistic standards or expectations when it comes to whether or not the pastor is going to offend or to rub the wrong way or even to, to go so far as to say to hurt uh, a member? Not necessarily intentionally, but you know, part of being a pastor is sometimes you have to say and do things that may in fact cause some pain. But do you think people generally receive that or do you think that once once it happens, they just say, forget it, I'm going to another church, I'm not going to deal with it? Uh, we often spend time, uh, we, we, we kind of medicate people and keep them medicated on some of our preaching rather than giving them the Tylenol that they need. We give them Tylenol rather than giving them the surgery. That's what I mean to say. Um, and what we need sometimes is a surgery to get the infection out. And sometimes that means you've got to give a strong word, a hard word, or a tough word. Um, right across the pulpit, face-to-face, eye-to-eye. Now, on the other side of that, most offenses happen when it's simple stuff like you didn't speak to me in the hallway or I saw you in the grocery store and you didn't wave at me or you didn't acknowledge me or I had to stand in line too long after church to talk to you. Um, And so those are simple things. That's stuff that has more to do with people and their own concept of themselves rather than uh, other folk in positions of authority. So it's a two-sided street there. Now, I'm going to ask you a tough question, and it's just us. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you think that sometimes pastors may back away from preaching those difficult messages because if they do, then they understand that people may get upset, may want to leave, and so obviously leaving affects other things in the church, i.e. giving. So do do you think that sometimes pastors have a tendency to let's just let's just stay in this safe ground and, and not you know let's not deal with that issue because if we do it, it's going to set some things off that may need to be said but I would avoid saying it because I want to keep everything intact. You don't think that happens, do you? <laughs> happens every day, Pastor Swan. I shouldn't say it like that, but it happens every day, every, sometimes every Sunday for years, for decades, where pastors and preachers will not deal with certain issues because they know it's going to affect giving, and they don't want to see that biggest contributor uh, leave and walk out of the sanctuary. And may I go a step further, and I would dare say some do not deal with some issues because some of those issues the preacher is in themselves. And I'm going to leave that alone right there. On that note, we're going to the caller. (laughs) We do have a caller from Hampton. Caller, are you there? Absolutely. Uh, Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Pastor Study. Thank you so much. uh, I'd like to uh, comment on something that um, Pastor Johnson uh, stated a few seconds ago uh, with regard to the biblical form of conflict resolution. I think we'd have a different world and profoundly different churches if people followed that biblical pattern. I find that when people are angry with one another, sometimes the last thing you want to do is go and tell your brother or sister, hey, you offended me. Uh, Hey, I think that was wrong. It's easier to talk about them than talk to them. 
Uh, the second thing I want to say about this alarming uh, statistic, and I'm hoping it's um, exaggerated, is that um, you, you don't need me to say that you pastors are special folk. Of all the people in the Bible, y'all are the only ones, biblically, that God says are worthy of a double honor. Uh, that being said, I think it's so hurtful and so deeply wounding when a pastor stands up in a pulpit at mass and tells people, hey, I'm bothered with you. You all leave. Oh, my God. I, mm. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll end it on that. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. And, and yes, do, 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 <laughs> do pastors... <laughs> Do, do pastors do some things sometimes that intentionally cause pain? Yes, I would say so. I guess on a larger question, does God intentionally do some things sometimes that cause pain? And the answer is yes. Do supervisors on a job do some things that sometimes cause pain? But we get up and go to work the next day. So I guess the question is, how is it that we can say it? Are we are we just putting the pastor in a completely different rent? Well, you know, because it's the pastor, he or she is not supposed to cause me pain, even though I know I need to grow. Right. See, the, the the issue there is there are some things that uh, the you need to be in a church where you get offended sometimes because that offense will cause you to look back at yourself so that you can grow and make some changes. And if you're just it's like being the the frog in the in the in the pot of water that is turned up the water's turned up slowly slowly over time. He doesn't even know that he's cooking. But if you provide shock value in some instances with truth now, um, that can cause you to take a second look to say, okay, I need to make some changes in this arena. Now, on the other side of that, to give balance, Pastor Swan, I would say this. Uh, we need to keep the pulpits a place for purity of the Word of God and not a man's issue or an axe to grind against a particular person. That is clearly wrong. That's not the purpose of the pulpit. It's a place of purity where the word of God is to be preached and that people have the opportunity to experience the divine. I keep saying that because we've got to get back to that kind of herald of preacher in our day to day. I could not agree with that more. You find that you know, just because you have a mic does not mean you have the right to vent your own personal agendas from the pulpit. And and to be honest, let's take it a step further. Sometimes people are bringing visitors in yes. and the visitor. And let me say this, not only the visitor, but the majority of the congregation may not even know what's going on. So now you're opening up a can of worms and sharing things from the pulpit of which half the people, three quarters of the people don't even know about. And, and so it, it never benefits when you do that. So, yes, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Winston from Hampton, you're on the pastor study. Winston, are you there? I'm doing just fine. Uh, pastor Johnson, I believe it is. Pastor Swan and my pastor, Young. Very good. Welcome to the pastor study. Go ahead and state your comment, please. I am an ex-pastor. Uh, and there, the situation I see in the church that uh, you young men has discussed this morning, uh, a pastor must preach the truth whether the member gets mad or not. If he gets mad, then he, if the pastor's preaching the truth, then he, he don't have, he's not saved. He don't know the Jesus I know. Uh, be, uh, and if you leave one church going to another, 
you if you find a dedicated, truly pastor, you're going to hear the same thing about Jesus. And one other thing, uh, I was out of church for, uh, not out of church, but I was not associated with the church for some time. And the reason being was that I had not found one that uh, I felt uh, meant what I believed. Uh, I left the one that I had spent 10, year, 10 years or more because the pastor brought in something that I don't believe in, and the Bible strictly speaks against it. And I don't have to say what that is. However, I'm, I would, but uh, I think you know what I mean. Uh, the Book of Romans. Yeah, we we, we we got that. We, we you and, can go ahead and, and finish up and, the cover. And, and the pastor has did several of those people uh, in leadership that can't be. Okay, we appreciate. Right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the time. Uh, uh, just a minute. Tell Pastor Young to give me a call, please. <laughs> okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, we we gonna let him handle that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Young on line one, you need to call, man. <laughs> but but anyway, we, we understand that uh, Pastor Johnson, you know, and, and I will say this, Winston did make a valid point. If you're preaching the gospel, because Jesus was offensive to some people uh, when he preached the gospel. There, there's no way you cannot be offensive if you're going to preach the Bible in its entirety. And so you're, you, inevitably some people are going, they're going to be offended. They're going to be hurt. Yeah, you know, Pastor Swan, you're going to, because the ways of this world are so. Here's my next big big word: antithetical to the ways of God. Uh, we we are living in a culture today that calls uh, evil good and good evil, and so what we've got to do is shine the light on that which is evil, so that truth can be seen, so that people can understand that there is a better way to live here on earth. Now, there is a theological inference there. We've been taught so much that our destination and our whole purpose for Christianity is heaven. When Jesus did not teach that to his own disciples, uh, he told us, he taught them to pray our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, let his will be done right here on this earth as it is in heaven. So we've got to have a, there are so many reasons why people are out of church. And I really want to see the church uh, and particularly for those of us as believers and as, as preachers to become relevant to culture again, where we start teaching people how to live in a godly way through this culture again, and that there's transformation on the earth again. I think that is what's critically important. And when we do that, People have a passion for God, a passion for Jesus, and they begin to live better and understand that God has a plan for my life. And so I really want to see us come back to that. Absolutely right. And for those who are listening who have been hurt um, in a church before, there's a book, uh, there's a best-selling book, uh, Stephen Mansfield, who wrote the book, and it's called Rechurch, that digs into uh, these experiences. And uh, his, he's the author of the book, Stephen Mansfield, uh, rechurch. He was one. He wrote the book because he was hurt and wounded by past church behavior, and he encourages those who have been hurt by the local church to overcome that pain and suffering, not just because it's a biblical command, but for their own healing and growth to to overcome that hurt. And he says that one of the things that God does in times, and you can comment on this very quickly, is that God at times uses people's pain, either through their own immaturity 
or in some cases to reshape our thinking and our beliefs. And so there's no denying that many churchgoers get wounded by the insensitive or ignorant actions of other people in church. But he points out that even though these instances are opportunities for us to love others who, like ourselves, are simply flawed people. You know, this is now how we become most like Christ. when We begin to love folks who are indifferent, who are, you know, not even in the will of God. This is how Christ loves us. And so he says, fleeing from the source of pain and suffering rather than addressing and overcoming it leaves us wounded and bitter, but it does nothing to enhance our lives or the people responsible for that suffering. So in other words, for the hundred million who are on the sideline, you're only really hurting yourself even further and not benefiting from the process of reconciliation and the process of getting back into the grace of church and with each other. Uh, we do have another call on the air. I believe it's Maurice from Newport News. Maurice, are you there? How are you, Pastor? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Go ahead and quickly state your comment, please. I was just, uh, I wanted to kind of, Pastor Johnson, how are you? I uh, just wanted to kind of reiterate some of the things you was just saying, Pastor Swan, about hurting people. Yes. You know, the body of Christ is designed to help hurting people, and they're looking for a place to be healed. And it's just incumbent upon the body of Christ to in, in, in kind of take on the compassion of Christ and understanding where people are, what they're looking for, and help them through that healing process. Things like cliques, personal agendas, they don't meet the need of the people, and they often tend to hurt people. And so the church has a responsibility to keep healing as the forefront in front of all other ministries. I mean, women's ministries, men's ministry, youth ministry, all of those should be focused around the healing and the movement of the body of Christ forward. I agree. Thank you, man, for the call. We appreciate it. God bless you. Bless you also. Bye. And, and, you know, he's right that certainly when people come, they're broken, they're struggling. The last thing that they need is is more pain. But at the same time, there's certain kinds of I think there's a fine line, Pastor Johnson, in what we're saying is certain certain pains obviously have no place. But there are others that may be necessary in order for somebody to grow spiritually. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's like the prodigal son when he left the father's house. Uh, he came to himself while he was in the pig pen, and all of a sudden what clicked in his mind was, there is something better for me in my father's house. Let me go back there and return. Uh, a glimpse into my message on Sunday, Job got blessed when he prayed for his friends who offended him. And so there is a spiritual growth process that happens through pain, uh, and it causes us to change. Now, not that we go out intentionally trying to read people the riot act and disrespect people and be disingenuous, but there is something uh, to, to be said for when you change over time through the pain in a godly way so that your character is transformed. Absolutely right. So we have one last caller, Terrell from Hampton. Terrell, turn your radio down, please, just for a little bit. And, uh, How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? This is Terrell K. Yes, sir. Um, just listening to the show. I just want to chime in. And I totally agree with what Pastor Johnson said as far as, like, the culture. I think a lot of people can't get it right. Is either they... The culture either over either overtakes the church, or they're just scared of touching the culture altogether. And if a lot more learn to effectively embrace the culture and learn how to teach the word with that culture, we can be a lot more effective in our communities and in our neighborhoods. And, and I just want to thank Pastor Johnson for bringing that up. Thank you so much. We appreciate appreciate the call. And you're absolutely right. We we have to get back, like you said, to the mandate. And I think so many times 
We have so many opportunities in the church, Pastor Johnson, where people are offended, people get hurt, to really show people what should be the biblical standard. But I think a lot of opportunities are missed because we get emotional, we get, you know, we, yes. we deal with it fleshly yes. rather than demonstrating how to deal with it yes. spirit-wise. Yes, there's a great book I want to recommend uh, uh, by John Prevere called The Bait of Satan. And Satan's bait is when we respond in the flesh and in our emotions rather than seeing through the lens of Scripture and from heaven's view of what's really going on. Some things are not all about you. Some things God is at work in the lives of everybody, and we have to respond in a biblical, spiritual way, the way that Jesus told us to. So that book, Bait of Satan by John Prevere, and by the way, he's going to be in town tonight over at Calvary Revival in Norfolk. This is uh, my overseer, Bishop Courtney McBeth's 20th anniversary. He'll be preaching tonight at 730. Don't miss it because I'm sure he'll share some of that Bait of Satan on tonight. Absolutely. And so we're almost out of time, and, and I want to get I want to see if I can get Moose on to answer this question for me. You know, sometimes he don't like to talk, but we're using you as a reference. Can, can we do that? Sure. Okay, so first question is, do you identify with with being a Christian do, do, in your own religious beliefs? How do you identify yourself? Are you with any particular religion? Uh, I would say I do identify with being a Christian and a lot of principles and morals that uh, accompany Christianity. Okay, so, all right, Christian beliefs. Are you affiliated, and you live here, you're not from this area, but you, you know, you live and work in this area. Are you affiliated with a church in this area here? Uh, I've attended Six Mile Zion uh, on numerous occasions. Okay. So when would you say, and, and this is the last question, not to put you on the spot, when was the last time that, that you've been in service consistently? Not, not like one Sunday here, once, but, but consistently in service. Uh, when I was in school, it was a girl I dated that went to six months. And what is the truth? And how long ago? How long ago was that, Moose? How long ago? Early two thousands. <laughs> so, so that proves our point. Okay, so he identifies as Christian. <laughs> the girl got him to the church. You broke That's up with the girl. Her. You broke up with her. Parted ways, and ain't been ain't been back consistently since. That's the story, right? That's the story. Okay, the story. all right. So, th this proves the point to. The now, it wasn't because of any church or anything else. You just decided, you know what? The relationship ended in work, and and so I don't need to go to church anymore. Nah, 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 not that, not that, man. I'm I'm, I'm still comfortable with my my relationship with the Creator. Um, I pray every day. I don't look at prayer the way a lot of people. Okay. You know, I don't pray for material things. I pray to get better. Okay. All right. So you feel you can develop your relationship with God and grow spiritually outside of the fellowship of other believers. Yeah. You don't need nobody else to get closer to God, man. That's that's your job. All right. See now, that's that's the hundred million right there. That that might have that same sentiment, um, because you know this certainly is the fact that we do need each other in order to make it work. So. Um, We'll end on that note. Miss Laura, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to give you an opportunity to share. We'll get you on next week, we promise. And so uh, when Moose comes in, that means it's time to cut the show. So <laughs> so we, we have to go. And if you miss a portion of the show today, you can listen to it in its entirety. Later on today, you can go to the website, kevinswan.org, and listen to it. And again, uh, for those who want to get some information about financial services and financial planning, Ken Royster, 
First Genesis of Virginia came on earlier on the show, 627-6603, free consultation uh, to you that call in and want to get that kind of service. So on behalf of Pastor Ray Johnson, Miss Laura, John Young, Pastor Young, who's uh, traveling back from Houston as we speak, uh, Kevin Musa Anderson, want to thank Jay Lang again. Uh, we say once again, be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. This is the Essence of HU, 88.1 WHOV.